Welcome back to the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. The Chiefs 11.5 win total this year. In addition to being the reigning Super Bowl champ, we pop on out to the KDOS hotline. It's Matt Derrick, Chiefs Digest, set to join us. It's Bob and Kayla with you today. Matt, how are you? I am doing well, Kayla. It's great to catch up with you. Absolutely. Looking forward to it here. At some point, I will stop admitting this, but for now, I guess I can't. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I was definitely wrong about him coming out of college. He is just absolutely tremendous. He makes others around him better. He continues to elevate his own game, uh, and his toughness was certainly on display in the postseason run for the Chiefs last year. So when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, and is it possible that there's still more levels for him to achieve, and where might those things be is it more kind of uh dissecting some defenses has he seen everything at this point where do you evaluate Patrick Mahomes and how far away from the ceiling is he yeah it's a great question and you weren't alone Kayla I mean I had questions when he was drafted in his rookie year about you know what it was going to be like but um he, <laughs> he's proven any of the doubters wrong and you're right. I mean, every year it seems like how how can this guy get any better? And he seems to each season find you know that one way, and and one way is that Andy Reid just continues to challenge him to do that. And you know, last year, you certainly if you look at the numbers and you look at the way that the, the Chiefs were able to counter some of the looks they were getting, one of the ways that he really improved himself last year was a willingness to give up the deep ball and look underneath, take some of the the easy stuff that's in front of him. And, you know, and, and so now it's, he's added that to his repertoire. It's like, what else can he do? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Andy challenges him with this year. You know, what and new elements. And I think one of them is certainly going to be, you know, and I think we saw a little bit of on display last year, is can't elevating the players around him. Because this year with this receiver group, you know, there's, there's not a Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, there's not a, like a, a really alpha in that receiver group right now. There's some young guys who might become that, but he's got to be a kid, be a teacher. He's got to be the guy who really brings this group along. And I think that mentoring some young receivers, teaching them the offense, helping them grow, helping them be better than they are, I think that's the next you know real challenge for him to his evolution. He's going to get a chance to do that this year. Eric Bieniemy uh, is still not head coach for whatever reason, but he did leave in the free uh, in the off season uh, uh, to become the uh, Commanders offensive coordinator. This is still Andy Reid's show, obviously. So, how does the Chiefs' daily uh, you know preparation change and game week uh, preparation change without him? Yeah, I, I don't know that it really changes a lot because you're, you're right, it is an anti-breach show, and he does have a lot of collaboration in it. I mean, it's always not only just the offensive coordinator, but usually the quarterback's coach, uh, any other senior assistants. And, you know, last year it was really a quartet that, that put the game plan together. You know, it was, um, it was Reed, it was the enemy, it was Matt Nagy, and Dave Girardi, who's now the full-time quarterback's coach. And those, those three guys are still there. So, you know, you, you've got a lot of the core elements are still there. Interesting, a little bit of a turnover. You know, Greg Lewis went, to, who's the running backs coach, he went along uh, with, with, with EB to Washington, and Todd Pinkston came in. But, you know, that's a name. I mean, that's a guy who's with Andy Reid before the past and knows the offense. So uh, I don't think you'll miss a lot there. Um, but having Matt Nagy be able to step in into the offensive coordinator role and having him around and having his continuity from you know, being on the staff a year ago, 
uh, will be a big difference. I mean, the only thing I think you're missing to me is is Eric Bieniemy is that motivator. He's the loud guy. He's the guy who really pushes people. And and Matt Nagy can do that too. But Matt Nagy will admit he's he's not as loud. He's not as vocal and, and demonstrative as Eric Bieniemy. I don't know if they have that guy on the staff right now. Uh, that's the one thing I think they are going to miss is is the guy who really is a, a vocal coach leader who pushes those guys to the limit. Matt Derrick, Chiefs Digest here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra points. Sticking with the offense here, the offensive line for Mahomes, there has been some changes from last season to this season. So how is that shaping up here? And, you know, obviously he has the ability to scramble, to make plays, to do the unthinkable, but you also would like to have a pocket for him to work in and operate. So how's that offensive line shaping up? Yeah, I mean, the strength of the line is still definitely the interior. When you've got Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith on the inside, um, those are three Pro Bowl caliber players. I mean, Joe Tooney's an all-pro player. Creed Humphrey's an all-pro player. Trey Smith is probably going to be there pretty soon. I mean, that is just how good that, that interior group is. And they, But they lose both their starting tackles from a year ago. And they go out and replace them with a couple of veterans, and Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor. And there's, you know, I tell you what, I mean, the Chiefs are optimistic that their offensive line could be better than it was a year ago. Um, even though Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley ended up signing big contracts elsewhere, um, they feel like that, you know, that Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor probably fit the offense a little bit better. You know, with Orlando Brown, it was a bit of trying to squeeze a square peg into a round hole. They do feel like Donovan Smith, his style, his approach, um, fits Mahomes better, fits the offensive blocking scheme better. And so, you know, even though Brown may have, you know, an edge in some areas, definitely use, definitely speed, definitely strength, they feel like, you know, that it's not going to be a necessarily a step backward, maybe a step sideward with Donovan Smith on the left side. And the John Wallen Taylor, you know, you're talking about probably one of the better running tackles in the league right now. Chiefs are certainly paying him like that. Uh, from what we've seen in training camp in the preseason, uh, I believe there's reason to believe that, that this line could be better. Um, Patrick Mahomes behind that group was basically untouched in the preseason. And, and he had said that, you know, every year he tells us he, he kind of wants to get that one hit. That's why he likes to play in the preseason. He likes to take a pop. And he said, you know, this year, he's like, I didn't get one. So, I, you know, I, uh, he's still looking for that first big hit of the year. That's good if that doesn't happen until the regular season starts. That's not bad. All right, so you mentioned the, uh, you know, we're I'm, you know, we're going to, you know, we don't think we need to get into Travis Kelsey and how great he is. You mentioned the receiving targets, though. I'm curious to see how this works. Um, basically, you know, the Chiefs were here a couple of Saturdays ago, and they ran Isaiah Simmons right out of town, as it turns out. I think that was just kind of the final straw for the, straw for the Cardinals. Uh, Kadarius Tony, Tony, he's been off injured in his NFL career with the Giants and the Chiefs. Curious what his status is, and how do you think this target share amongst these receivers, wide receivers, might work out? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, the expectation here in Kansas City is the Chiefs are probably going to keep seven receivers. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, you're not all going to be yeah. active on game day, so there's going to, you're going to have to figure out the rotation a little bit. And like you said with Kadarius Tony, I mean, there's some injury concerns in this group. I mean, you, you don't expect to get 17 games out of Kadarius Tony. So, you know, who else is going to be in there? Marquez Valdez, Cantling, and, and Sky Moore, the second-year player, um, will certainly be the starters. Justin Watson right now has been running with the starters and, and Kadarius Tony's place. And, and Watson is not a playmaker. I mean, he is definitely a complimentary receiver. That's, that's his role. And, and if he's able to help Marquez, uh, help Sky Moore, help Travis Kelsey get open, then he's doing his job. 
but it's really the group behind that. I mean, they brought in Ricky James from New York, uh, who will be their, their specialist returner, but, you know, he is the guy who just seems to catch everything that goes his way. Um, how much he gets involved in the offense, I would expect him to put up less numbers than he did last year in New York, but at least he's familiar with the offense. And, you know, Mike Afton with the Giants is running a similar offense to what the Chiefs are doing. Uh, he's just really had to pick up the, the terminology. But the, the real X factor is the next couple of guys. You know, you have Rasheed Rice, which the Chiefs took in the second round. Uh, he's a big target. You know, it definitely gives them something that they haven't had. And Justin Ross, you know, from Clemson, who was the guy they signed last year as an undrafted free agent uh, because of his injury history, he's healthy now, and, and he's another big guy. You know, he, he had a, a catch and a third touchdown on Saturday in the preseason game that, you know, shows you what his upside is. So, you know, the Chiefs have some new pieces. It's going to be up to, like I said, it's really going to be up to Mahomes and how he elevates those guys and helps them pick up the offense and learn you know, is there a, 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 with Kelsey throwing in there too, is there enough balls to go around for seven receivers? I mean, it's going to be tough for everybody to, to get healthy and happy. But, you know, that's one thing that this team has is depth, even though, I, like I said, if they don't have that alpha in the receiver room, they've got a lot of guys with a lot of talent that you can see that this may be a, a growing year for them, but if it works out, this could be the beginning of a nice run for this team as a receiver group. Matt Derrick, Chiefs Digest here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra points. So Isaiah Pacheco, what's the status on him? And then for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, why has that seemingly just not worked out? Yeah, you know, with Pacheco, he had a couple of surgeries in the offseason for his shoulder and for his hand. And uh, he was a yellow non-contact jersey up until the very last week of training camp. Um, so we just got three practices in with the pads on and got one cherry touch in the final preseason game. But all indications are they, they feel like he is ready to go. He's 100%. Um, he certainly looked like it. Uh, the indication was from the coaching staff is that they really were kind of holding him back to protect himself because Pacheco was a hard runner. Uh, they, they felt like he kind of needed that contact jersey, non-contact jersey, to just keep him from pushing himself too hard. But they feel like he's ready to go. You're going to have Drake McKinnon. So that, that's a guy who obviously is, means that you know Pacheco doesn't have to be at every down back. You know, just a, a part-time back at the beginning of the season as it was a minute. With Clyde, it's a great question, and really it comes back to the injury and the ability to stay on the field. Um, he hasn't really truly had a healthy season, even his rookie year when he did go over 1,000 yards. That was, you know, uh, an injury-riddled season, too, and, and since then it's just gotten worse. Um, when he has played, he's been pretty effective. He has not been the chess piece that the Chiefs expected, you know, as far as somebody who could be a real threat in the passing game. I mean, the comparisons to Brian Westbrook started from day one and, and just were never met. But there still seem to be relying on him. He's got more touchdowns and carries in training camp than any other running back. So it seems like he's still part of their plan unless they're truly showcasing him uh, to, to move him on. But you know, this team has gone through running backs every single year. At some point this year, I think they're going to turn to Clyde again, and we'll see what happens when he gets a chance. But he's got to stay healthy. I mean, his availability has been his biggest detriment. Let's flip this to the defense. Chris Jones, uh, I don't think it's terribly surprising that he held out to start training camp. Are you surprised that he's still not there? Uh, also, you know, if there, let's say that he misses some time in the regular season, how might the defense try to compensate without him? Yeah, I am surprised. I, I, I felt like both these sides needed to get a deal done, you know, because – 
hey, Chris Jones doesn't necessarily want to play out this contract and go on to free, get the free agency next year at 31 and probably not coming off a 15-and-a-half sack season like he is right now, uh, the Chiefs, they need salary cap relief. They need it to restructure his contract. So it, it seems like it just makes too much sense to both sides. And we have heard all along that Chris Jones wanted to just be it was content with being the second-highest paid defensive tackle. Um, now, there's a wide window there between Aaron Donald and Quinn Williams with being number two. But all indications are now that late in the game, Chris wants to be paid up there right with Aaron Donald. And, and the Chiefs are reluctant to do that. So we'll see if anything gets done. There's no doubt. I mean, watching the Chiefs without Chris Jones, I mean, you see they, they struggle to get pressure on the quarterback. That's been consistent in his career when he's been injured or limited in any way. They struggle to get pressure with front four. So you're going to see them blitz. That's what Steve Spagnuolo does when he doesn't have all those pieces. Um, we've also seen them doing a lot of, you know, that, that Steve Spagnuolo NASCAR package where you see them just put a lot of defensive ends and pass rushers on the field, uh, maybe taking some defensive tackles off. But we've also seen Leo Chanel playing the Joker. You know, it's kind of a lined up as a linebacker on the edge. And they have used they used a lot of blitzing and testing in preseason and training camp with uh, rookie Chamari Connor, uh, newcomer Drew Tranquil, linebacker from the Chargers. Yeah, they're going to blitz. I mean, that's the one thing that they're going to have to do much more to compensate for, for having Jones. And even if he plays at the beginning of the season, I think he's going to be on a snap count. So if the blitz is coming here, how does that help, hurt, hinder? What is the secondary like for the Chiefs here with Trent McDuffie on one side, Legereus Sneed, uh, you know, what's his injury status like on the other side? And then you do have Justin Reed there with your safety position. Yeah, that's the real wild card on the defensive side because the Chiefs felt like they were in pretty good yeah, situation at cornerback, but they lose Nazi Johnson, who was having a really good training camp for the season. Um, well, Jerry Sneed has not practiced since July 28th due to a swollen knee. Uh, then they lost Nick Jones, who uh, was a seventh-round draft pick, which was really looking good for them, too. And, you know, and Josh Williams and Jalen Watson, who were two rookies last year who played so well, have been up and down, especially Watson. So you know, now there's a lot of question marks there. Uh, Trent McDuffie is the one guy that they feel like that they can really count on, so they are going to have questions. A lot of it is going to be definitely up to Justin Reed, who you know, he's told us that he feels much more comfortable than he did it last year coming into the system for the first time. Uh, Jamari Connor, the guy I mentioned earlier, has been a really good find for them. Um, he seems like a guy that you know, uh, a couple of years ago when their first Super Bowl won, they moved Kendall Fuller to safety and kind of used him in tandem with Tyron Matthew. Well, we're seeing him kind of do the same thing with Jamari Connor, putting him and, and Justin Reed on opposite sides of the field and then adjusting you know, where they line up. So they can really kind of counter to offenses and, and where they're balancing. They can you know, move those guys up. Either one of them could be blitzing, one could be dropping back in coverage. I mean, they could disguise themselves. And that's what Steve Spagnuolo is going to try and do. I mean, he's, he's, you know, that's, that's the key to his defenses and his blitzes, to try and disguise them and bring them from places that you're not expecting. But there's no doubt. I mean, if you're going to blitz, you need those corners to play well. And I think that's the big question mark is that these young guys can, can come up the way that the, the, the five that they had as rookies last year did. You mentioned a NASCAR package. Last one for me here. Uh, George Karloftis had six sacks last year. What are they expecting for him this year? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, nobody will put numbers on it, but I think the double-digit sacks for Karloftis, anything less, would be a disappointment. Uh, he was really strong in the second half of the season. 
one of the best rookies in the league when it came to pressures. You mentioned the sacks. I mean, he, he was really coming into his own in the second half of the season. And they need him to pick up exactly where he left off. Now, the question is, can he do it if he's getting more attention because Chris Jones is not out there uh, or not out there as much, and, and maybe he's going to get double teamed a little bit more. We'll, we'll see. But um, there's no doubt. I mean, does she feel like there's a lot on Karloff's shoulders? Um, they do feel like he can handle it. They drafted another pass rusher in the first round this year with Felix Adeguke Uzama. Um, he had been, unfortunately, injured during OTAs, so um, he's a little bit behind schedule, but their hope is that he's going to be a lot like Karloff's was last year, that in the second half of the season is when he'll come on. She's going to struggle. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, the feedback told me last week, he's like, it might be four weeks into the season before they figure out their defensive line rotation and what they have. But they're optimistic that in the second half of the season, it's going to come into shape. Matt, before we let you go, the win total for the Chiefs is 11 and a half. Do you think over or under for them this season? I mean, and with Patrick Holmes as quarterback, I always bet. I would always bet the over. It's, it's going to be up to his health, but if he plays all 17 games, you're close to it. Uh, it's hard to believe that a Patrick Mahomes team is not going to beat that, uh, even with changes, even with the challenge of trying to repeat and a lot of pressure on this team. I, I think that's an easy one to bet the over, especially if Mahomes is healthy. Matt, as always, we greatly appreciate your time, and we'll certainly be checking back with you during the season. Uh, have, a, have yourself a great rest of the day. Appreciate it, Caitlin Bob. Take care. Matt Derrick there, ChiefsDigest.com.